1: Okay, we are now being joined by Coach Special Jennings. She is the head women's basketball coach at Montverde Academy. Coach, thank you so much for coming on. Um, We're going to joke about this later. I know social media gets a bad rap, but Twitter is what brought us together. Uh, You had a fantastic viral video, um, man, I think a couple weeks ago at this point, and we got linked up, so I appreciate you coming on.
0: Paul, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, of course. Um all right so we got a lot to talk about so we're just going to jump in let's uh bring it all the way back to Cleveland um okay. after you were born and raised uh where you started playing sports playing basketball um what is it like to grow up in Cleveland i just just as a opening and then the second part of the question is Cleveland the proudest city in the country cuz i think <laughs>
0: Paul, oh, you know, I'm biased. So, of course, I'm going to say Cleveland is the proudest <laughs> city in the country. Um, you know, Cleveland is, 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 is like any other place. You know, you have your, your areas um, that are pretty pretty rough and pretty hard to grow up in. And then you have, your, you know, your suburbs, your outskirts of Cleveland. I grew up in inner city Cleveland. So, um, just use basketball really as a vehicle. I was heavy into sports, started out playing football, um, played basketball, started playing basketball. Played tennis, baseball, you name it—I did it. Um, grew up across the street from a park, and then from a recreation center called Zelma Watson George, where you know I was—I was there every day. Summer times was—you know—I was at Woodhill. So, um, yeah, man, Cleveland is—is is the city definitely a lot of intricate parts to it.
2: No doubt, no. And I know from there, you obviously you—you you ended up down to, at, at Xavier, um, and you had an absolute fantastic career there. Uh, I think finishing. Or fourth fourth and assist first of all what was the recruiting process like with Xavier and was that an easy decision what what was that process like for you and and how has that kind of recruiting process at the time when you were being recruited how has it changed in, in what we're looking at now with with the high school athletes and 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 the process that they're going through and we'll make
0: sure I get all those questions in there. as uh, well packing them in That's- um, you know, first thing first is, you know, I, Xavier was, was not a, um, I didn't even know of Xavier until, um, my AAU coach, my high school coach reached out and said that Xavier had an interest. Um, growing up, I just knew I was going to Ohio State because from <laughs> Ohio, big name, you know, you get athlete, you go to Ohio State. That's just what it was. And so, um, the moment I did get to go on my visit with Xavier, you know, I, I knew right then that it was going to be the place that I, I commit to I actually committed to Xavier. Um I left Xavier on a Sunday, uh, caught a flight back to Cleveland when my flight landed, I texted Kevin and and that staff and, and told them that I wanted to go ahead and proceed um, my academic and athletic career there. So um I had a just a feeling that you know you, you get this this feeling of of this is it. And, and I, I had that moment um when I when I went to Xavier so that's that, a good, that was a, a
1: good visit man. That happened quick. <laughs> what did they do yeah, on that I, visit?
0: It was great for Kevin and them, right? <laughs> they That's didn't have to, great. That was quick. No, I think it was It was a lot of components that went into me going there. Um, Amber Harris um, was already at Xavier. I had known Amber from AAU playing. She played with the family. To shea Phillips, I had known that, you know, there was chances that she would be going there. And so in my eyes, to be good, you need a, a really good triangle. Um, and Xavier had all those pieces. And then I wanted to go somewhere where, you know, when I thought about it, to kind of leave my own legacy. I didn't want to go play behind somebody that I would be, every time you talk about Special Jennings, you're speaking of someone else that played there prior, and yeah. you're comparing yeah. me to that person as opposed to, you know, allowing me to be myself and be in my own lane. So um, that that was that was big for me, for me to pick somewhere where I can create my own legacy and then Xavier fit, fit that, um, that criteria.
1: So talk to us about the Xavier-Cincinnati rivalry, because... I think it's one of the best, um, like, situational rivalries that maybe on a national presence doesn't get the recognition. But if you if it's Ohio, Indianapolis, Kentucky, like, it's a massive deal. Talk to us about yeah. how intense that was and if you have a favorite memory from those games.
0: I think that's the greatest rivalry in the country. Um, there's no fans like, like Xavier fans. And, I, again, I can be biased saying that, but at the end of the day, those games are always packed, sold out um you know the tickets sell in advance We have people that sleep in tents outside of our arenas um for the game so it's intense and it's you know that city is we're five miles apart you know Xavier and Cincinnati so it's a big deal man it's 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 always a big thing you know and to go on record I never lost to UC so
2: that's you I love
1: that that's the clip clip we're going to share right there
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have to put that on uh on record, but um, no, it's, it's just a great rival. It's great for the city. Like I said, it's a, you know, to kind of keep the funds in the city, whether it's going to Xavier or UC, it's, it's great for the city of Cincinnati. So always a big thing. And I think that, you know, it's definitely, it definitely doesn't get the light that it deserves um, because that, that rival is like no other. You, you compare, you can tell me, I think that the, the next rival comparable to that one is the, the Duke North Carolina rival. Um, but outside of that, I don't know, Right. It's tough.
2: It is, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, and it's ironic because when I was looking up your background, it, it, I didn't realize this at first, but there are some pretty unbelievable similarities between a friend of ours, uh, Dante Jackson and yourself and your career. And it's pretty crazy. I think the years that you guys were there, I think both graduated 2011 um, and looking at some of those stats, I think you, you had 131 games and 115 starts. He had 137 games, only 88 starts, and 215 wins between the two of you, probably both all-around guards that probably do, do, did it all. And I think both of you guys took Xavier to Elite Eights. And, and so can you speak a little bit just about I mean, your time at Xavier and, and with them and the dual success of both the men's and the women's programs?
0: It's huge. I mean, it's nothing better than being able to go to a school whose basketball program um, is dynamic on both sides. You know, we're very supportive of each other. Dante is still my friend to this day. Um, anytime I go to Cincinnati, I call, link up with Dante. Anytime I'm at Xavier, he and I are are, are linked up. Um, we kind of periodically check up, you know, on each other. We'll, you know, tweet something or text or what what have you. But um, it, it was a great, 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 great scenario. Jamel McLean is currently in Georgia, so when I'm in Georgia, I actually see Jamel all the time. Um, so, just having that, that history with those guys. Mark Lyons and I are still really good friends. Um, we still text and chat um, periodically. Um, so, it, it was just great, man. They, they had a phenomenal team. You know, Dante was a part of a, a phenomenal, phenomenal squad. You know, Derek Brown, Drew Lavender, Stanley Burrell, Josh Duncan, Jamel McLean, Tu Holloway, Jordan Crawford, you know, Mark Lyons. You know, they they had – that squad was ridiculous, and so um, it was great. You know, they were at all our games; we were at all their games. We practiced; we worked out together. You know, there's times where the guys, well, I'll get shots up with, with some of the boys, um, and vice versa. So it was just I couldn't ask for a better. You know, if you when you go somewhere, you kind of want to, and, and this may just be my my judgment, but I wanted to go somewhere where we had that 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 outlet to where you know you're around your teammates all the time. You want to kind of tap. And to, to other people and so you know getting that advice from those guys because they were going through the same things we were going through was just it made the experience that much better
1: yeah it is very cool um, but it is unique to your point of when the men's and women's teams like are friends like really friends like it's one thing you know I've, I've seen both I've seen it where it's like the team will show up to a game or two just to show some support but they don't really mess with each other and I've seen it where it's like you're talking about where it's like, no, you could go hang out. There's probably like parties. Yeah. You're going to the game. Right. That's just a, it's just a cool thing. It doesn't always happen that way. So it's, it's, it's great that you got to experience that. Yeah. We
0: got, we got into a lot of trouble that we didn't get in trouble for. I'll leave it at that. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was a great dynamic.
1: So Xavier ends. Um, did you know you wanted to play overseas? Like, was that the goal or...
0: How did that happen? Well, I don't think it was a goal. I think it became just something that I wanted to tap into to say that, you know, I, I stopped playing on my own terms. It wasn't that I wasn't good enough because I was, um, but sometimes, you know, we get defeated when, when things don't go our way and all those types of things. And I was fortunate and blessed enough to be able to play at the professional level. And, you know, I, I decided to walk away with my body and, and my mind and everything, was done with it and you know i'm happy that i was able to experience have that experience
1: man i wish i could relate i can't <laughs> my my career ended uh, real quick um so support for the green light podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GREENLIGHT at manscaped.com. Listen, fellas, we've all been there. We've tried to trim down there using a million different things. Stop it go with Manscaped. It's the easiest one. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off free shipping with the code green light at manscaped.com. Okay. So you go to Finland for three years. What is, what is the biggest misconception about playing overseas? Cause I think a lot of people like it is, it, it can be luxurious. It can be awesome. It can be very like, of course it's an amazing experience, but there's also a lot that people don't, really know until you get there
0: yeah, so alongside of the luxurious and it's awesome and all that it's also lonely it's hard um, it's a culture shock depending on where you play at um for a long time I was the only American on my team but I was fortunate because a few of my teammates and a couple of people that I had played against previously uh McCants April Phillips who was my teammate um a, a lot of those young ladies were actually over there as well so um, it, it can be hard. It can be tough. If you are a person that is super family oriented, if you, you know, you're not used to being far away because this isn't just a flight. This is 14 to 16 hours, depending on where you're coming from. So it's, it's not, you know, it's not the same thing. You know, I tell people all the time, visiting, visiting somewhere and living there, totally different, totally different. But I wouldn't change the experience for anything.
1: Yeah, and Finland, i never been, but heard amazing things. Like, that's a – there are there are worse spots that people uh, can end up at, right? Like, it's pretty cool there.
0: Yeah, it's nice. I mean, Finland is its own – it's unique. They speak their own language. They speak Finnish. Um, you know, I had to get adjusted to it being – it gets dark super early there. You know, their winters are cold, those type of things. But all adjustments, I mean, you know, the struggle would be for people who've never been in cold weather. I grew up in cold weather, so yeah. – um it, it, yeah it wasn't it wasn't a bad adjustment
1: at all for me i was gonna say you got that in the bag with cleveland those winners are no <laughs> joke man when we had to yeah. go up there for the mac tournament in in march it was like snow on the ground i was like dude come on <laughs> um, so okay similar question to last but did you know you wanted to get into coaching when you were playing overseas like was that part of the plan too or did it kind of happen naturally
0: so i know i wanted to coach when i was in college
1: okay so
0: I knew I would get into coaching, you know, probably around my junior year in college, you know, and just everything about it. I had started officiating basketball. I mean, I got certified in officiating, um, started doing AAU. I had worked with all Ohio. Um, that was the AAU program that I, that I came up through. Um, April Phillips and I started a women's league in Cincinnati. It was the first ever women's league in, in the city. Um, and so just, just in college, I knew, you know, as, as a floor, floor general and as that leader, I had that, that, that coaching aspect to me. Um, I was a huge um, thinker of the game, a huge just, you know, student of the game. So I, I started putting more effort in learning the other side opposed to me being a player where I'm learning my, my opponent and, you know, those type of things. I'm getting ready for the game to switching gears to so now I'm learning, you know, X's and O's and film and administrative stuff and, you know, those types of different things that go into actual coaching. Some people don't understand coaching is 5% of your job. You know, when you at this level, you, you have, you wear so many other hats that it's, it's so much more to it. And I had a great appreciation once I became a coach for Kevin and Mike and all those people that coached me, because, you know, when you're a player, you really understand you. We're good. You know, we're really good. And, stuff went into us being really good, you know, the preparation and all those things that those coaches did um, helped us be successful.
1: Yep. Perfect. So you mentioned a couple of your coaches and the fact that you knew you wanted a coach, you already had that mindset of like, you know, I like how we do this. I may change this up when I'm a coach. What, what are some things, even if it's one or two things that you took away from some coaches, whether it's AAU high school, college pros that you now implement as a head coach?
0: I would say in college, um, Kevin let us play. You know, he wasn't a big micromanager of the game. Um, He allowed each player to be individually themselves, which ultimately allowed us to tap into our potential. You know, you see often where you go, you know, these kids go places and it can be very systematic. And their game and and how they've, they've learned how to play the game may not necessarily fit that system. Um Kevin did a phenomenal job of, of just putting us in situations um, that, that just made us really good execute. He put us in whatever I was good at, that's where he put me. He didn't try to make me something that I wasn't. And he didn't try to, you know, so that 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 for me was like was was fun and great. And then Mike Neighbors, um, Carla Morrow, um, Amber Stocks, you know, they they played a big role. Amy Watt was also a coach there, but you know everybody. I think they played off 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 of Kevin, and and you know everybody had different different um, personalities, but they aligned. Every everything aligned, so that was fun. You know, A. U. J. B. Man, he's <laughs> mm-hmm. he taught me. You know him and my high school coach slash person that, that that got me into basketball, Melvin Burke. They're both gritty, tough-nosed guys, hard-nosed. You know, just in your face, in your space. You know, I kind of I think that's kind of what. That that component of me, um, I got that from them. So you know, kind of took that, and now as a coach, you know, I'm very tough, very gritty. I was that way as a player, but I'm also very um, understanding of, of personalities and personnel.
2: No, for sure, and, and I know, obviously, after Finland, and uh, you spent some time, obviously, at a number of different colleges. i mean see Wright State, UIC, and and on on the assistant side, and, and then jumping into your first year last year at Montverde where you guys had an amazing year and finishing 20, 22 and two and reached started out 14 and 0 and um and finished the top 10 of, uh, of of the rankings on on max preps what was the jump like going from then that assistant role into that head coaching role and 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 truly running your own program calling shots and and um was it a difficult adjustment was it something that um, you felt prepared for kind of going going into and what was the, the biggest surprise?
0: I think that, you know, obviously as an assistant on multiple um, collegiate staffs, you know, I coached, like you said, right State and I was at Augusta and Flagler and UIC. Um, you know, having an opportunity to work under different people who had different personalities and also different different styles because each of them came from, you know, a different background. And so having, you know, that opportunity to learn from different people and kind of piece take pieces of, of them and, and incorporate that into my, my own personal style um, really helped me. I think the only difference from an assistant to a head coach is that now you you, you make the decisions. And so wrong, rider right, or indifferent, you know, you, everything falls on you. Um, and so that's the biggest difference, you know, as an assistant. You know, you kind of just there for the, for the ride, you know. Mm-hmm. The head coach takes all the, whether it's good, bad publicity, the head coach is getting all of that. So. Oh, yeah. Um, that was the biggest difference, and I think the biggest adjustment is is I went from um, basically being like a big sister to more of a um, auntie slash mother figure. Um, and I say that because in college I was working with eighteen to twenty two year olds, and now I'm working with fourteen to eighteen year olds, and so it's a little it's a little difference. But um, because of our school, everything else is the same. You still have to um, you still have to watch film and preparation, and you know be enticing for 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 student athletes to want to come to your school. So, um, yeah,
2: you know. Totally, and and it's interesting because looking at uh, an, an article in The Athletic, it noted this, that six of your 12 players on your roster are from outside the U.S. and from five different yes. countries. How is that dynamic play in everything in terms of whether it's recruiting internationally, whether it's managing, almost the inverse relationship of, of when you go on in Finland, bringing those from other countries that maybe it's their first experience in the U S and how has that dynamic play into kind of your role as, as the head coach?
0: And they work hard. <laughs> That's one thing about international kids. They come with that work ethic, like no other. I think that, and it's, you know, it's tough to say, but they, they come with a mentality of this is an opportunity and they have so much to lose because they're coming outside of, the country and they want you know all my kids want to play collegiately and professionally and those type of things so um I think it was great you know you, you kind of intermix student-athletes because you know when my kids go to the next level your college team may have six international people so you get that that, that you get introduced to different cultures that are at a younger age and a younger stage um, so that, that's that's one thing um, I think one of the tough components is again my adjustment was I have to be way more hands on, you know. College kids is, "What's up, coach?" They come into practice, they go do their thing. You really don't, you really don't hear from them, you know, unless you call, text them, those type of things. Here, you know, I have to, I have to be very transparent and very open and, and communicate a ton with the with the parents because, like you said, half of these kids' parents live across the globe, and so they they need to know and instill and, and that trust in me that. I'm taking good care of their babies, their babies are safe, they're, you know, those type of things. So that's definitely um, the adjustment here um, at Modern Vert Academy in dealing with international students.
1: Um, okay, so let's jump in. The, the, one of the main things we wanted to talk about, um, shout out to the Twitter algorithm for throwing you up there and us getting connected um let's set the stage for people that might have not seen the video and we're going to link the video so people can watch it when we release the episode but maybe for people that haven't seen it like what was the motivation to talk about the new uh, uh, trend of players going on visits and being in the whole outfit like looking awesome looking and then saying not committed because that is a brand new thing probably within what six to 12 months like i don't remember seeing it earlier than that so I guess explain that and how, when did you start seeing it? And then what prompted you to, to record and, and send the video out?
0: Well, I think it's the same thing, probably about four to six months ago, maybe it became like a thing. Um, I think, you know, my mentality is I come from the, the collegiate world. So um, I, I understand what goes into setting up visits, whether it be unofficial or official. And so I, you know, my personal opinion on it was that, you know, I'm all for clarity. I understand that some of these students, they go on their visit and after the visit, they're they're clearing the air saying, hey, you know, this was an unofficial visit. I don't want people to think I'm committed. But my, my, my take on it was, you know, the kids that's physically on their visit, that's at this school, at their gym, in their arena, in their uniform, in their locker room, what have you. And, you know, you kind of, you're not even enjoying the moment. It's, it's like, this, oh, it's just a look at me, I'm here. But to me, it's like a slap in the face to do that. And then basically say, yeah, I'm here, but I'm really not here because I'm, you know, that, that, that was rude. And that's why I use um, the example of being on a date. If you're on a date with someone and you're sitting at dinner with them and they're whining and dining, you paying for everything. And, you know, while on the date, you simply put a message that says, still single. How do you think the person that's sitting there whining and dining, he was gonna take that? It's rude best as hell. Best
2: analogy, best analogy. It was actually,
1: the best remember.
0: analogy. It was unbelievable. It was yeah, so just to, just to help people understand because some people, you know, a lot of people, like, oh my God, you know, and I said, you know, I wanted people to shed light on the fact that, what what would happen if coaches wrote, not offered? You would be offended, right? You went, on, you went to a visit, you went to somebody's visit. You were there. You had the uniform on and everything like that. And while you own the visit, they post not offer. You and, and your so parents would
1: coach be- would get crucified. Crucified. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And and it's almost like it sucks because college coaches really can't respond in a way in which you know if 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 they would not lose their job. You know, a lot of times it's in your claws and things like that. You can't say certain things, you can't be a part of certain things, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's rude. And and these kids nowadays need like a reality check. And their parents need a reality check because if I'm a parent and I see that, my kid immediately take it down because it's rude. So that was just me opening that. You know, there's a lot of things that goes on in this world that I'm just I'm like, man, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm not afraid to, to speak on it. I'm not afraid to step out there and, and say what needs to be said. And a lot of people are
1: totally where, where, sorry. And I got one more follow-up. Um, what would you say the state and and not the NBA, not the WNBA, let's stick with college basketball, high school basketball and youth, the overall state, if we had to grade it, I don't know, either one to 10 or F to a plus like, compared to when you were growing up or going back to the eighties, however you want to do it. Like where is the state of basketball right now? Is it in a good, is it in a good state?
0: I think, I think, man, if if I'm honest, I would say, i say maybe a C minus because it's just, it's so different. Like the kids are just so entitled now. They're just so, everything seems to be handed to them. And I understand that, you know, this generation the parents are younger, you know, People are having kids at a younger age now. And so you have parents that that's never been a part of any type of collegiate sport, any type of organized sport, and they are the head of, of a lot of things and, and they're 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 misadvising or or not educated on a lot of things that they are um that they're putting out there. And I think that's that's what's wrong with, with basketball today, is that you don't have a lot of people educated on the sport. That's out there, just saying anything. I call it like critics with no credentials.
2: <laughs> mm,
0: yep. Yeah, you're allowed to have your you're allowed to have your opinion, but you know, I'm all for people being able to voice their opinion. That's why I say when I make a video, I say, "Yo, this is a safe space, and this is for mature the mature audience because yep. people that aren't mature really they're not going to grasp where I'm going. Um, so they're not mature enough to have a conversation. They think yep. they know it all. They, you know, know those type of things, and they really they're, they're super uneducated and and it, it sucks because then they don't understand why it's not okay for certain things to happen.
2: Yep, um, totally. And, and it's something, and I think we see it now, not only, and and, and Paul saw this obviously on the, on the youth basketball side and people hopping teams left and right, you're hopping schools left and right. And now with the addition of the transfer portal, it seems like it's something not only is it, all the way starting from youth basketball and you could say even the NBA and WNBA and free agency, it's really at every level. And, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on the transfer portal. And if it's a yeah. problem, if it's, if it's a positive for players kind of taking control of their own destiny, is it, and it, yeah, it, what, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal and kind of how that, that sh- has shifted basketball? Yeah. In of-
0: Man, I would leave the NBA and WNBA out of this. And I say that because, <laughs> If, if a team is paying me a hundred thousand and somebody offered me a million, then that's, that's a no brainer. So that's different because they're being paid millions of dollars. Yeah. And those decisions are, are totally different. Um, I think, yeah, it's definitely starting at a young age. You go to these AU events, you see AU teams. Um, you have a kid that's playing for this team this year, you know, maybe they didn't play as much as mommy and daddy would have liked. Now they go here and then they go here. You know, again, I'm all for athletes having control over their own destiny. I'm all for that. What I'm not for is people running from a little adversity. I think that when things get tough, you know, I I, I say this is my little analogy: don't jump ship when the bot when the boat rock. You know, like sometimes the boat just rocks a little bit and people just just jump aboard because they they don't know, you know, oh my God, I'm I'm a little uneasy because the boat moved in a in a in a way that I'm not familiar with, you know, and adverse adversity. Uh, when you get in the real world, you ain't gonna just be able. To, you may not like your boss. <laughs> don't quit your job. Well, <laughs> jobs are hard to come by right now. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna have co-workers you don't like. You you're gonna quit. That takes your money out your out your pocket, food off the table, those type of things. So um the transfer portal has been it's crazy. I think some of those kids are in there for the right reasons. You know, they went to a yep. school that just totally didn't fit, and that may be yep. because they were misadvised and things like that. And but some kids, again, it's just I didn't play as much as I can, you know. They don't understand waiting their turn and growing and developing and those things. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a different world.
1: Yeah, I, I love the quote that I can't remember what coach said it. It was years ago, and they said, "Listen, the grass is not greener on the other side. It's greenest where you water it." Yeah, and I better. love, yeah, I love the the um, don't jump ship if if the boat rocks a little. I, I'm stealing that one. That's a great one too, and it's true. And too, and and I wish I think this is where. I'm so frustrated with the youth side of things is because if we were really connected, we would be able to tell the other team, no, I'm not taking them because just because what you're upset with playing time, right? Like when we, cause you, we don't talk to each other. Like at college, it's a different, but like a fifth, sixth, seventh grader leaving an AAU team after like two tournaments, because they're unhappy that other team should say no absolutely not like there what do you think the kid's gonna do if he's unhappy with you he's just gonna go to another team it's like you're not special you're just next in line man i wish we could change that but yeah
0: but again that starts with parenting
1: you know Uh, parents
0: are kids fifth graders don't make their own decisions that's a parent's decision if you're leaving a team at at, in the fifth grade you you don't make any decisions at that age that's all that's that's your parents decision and so again uneducated parents are making decisions that that you know, sometimes negatively, negatively affect these kids and their mentality and, and all those things. When adversity hit you, you, you grow from adversity. You grow when things aren't going your way. I grew at Xavier when I didn't start the first seven games of my career. I grew, you know, and I, and I grew because I was the better player. I was the better guard. I should have been starting, but there were a lot of other intangibles that I, that, that I needed to, I needed that, that, that culture, I needed that that reality check. I needed for Kevin to say, no, you're gonna sit until you understand the lesson. And once I got the lesson, it, it, was, it was uphill from there. Yep. But these kids aren't getting any lessons because they're running from every, every to, every little bit of adversity, they're, they're, they're running from it.
1: I know. And most of the time it is really just a small thing. You know what I mean? Like we all agree. If, the, if you're just at the wrong school, the wrong fit, the coach leaves, there's plenty of reasons to transfer. Great. You got to do it sometimes. Like people leave, but people leave jobs. Great. Go ahead. If it's a better opportunity go do it, but man, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're hitting on the head with like the adversity thing. It's usually something so small and they just can't get through it. Um, yeah. And I,
0: like you said, speaking about my Academy, you know, I have kids that that's transferred in. But for me, the difference is, is that these kids are coming from a school that's, that's at the same caliber as Mount Vernon Academy. Academy. When you look at it, we compete at a national level. These kids are having the opportunity to come play and compete at a national level. They're, they're you know educational. I don't know too many schools in the country that has a better education than Mount Vernon Academy. We have a 100% college acceptance rate. I don't know another school that can say that. So basically you come here, you get accepted into school. You know, there's 90 different countries that attend Mount Academy. If I'm a parent, it's like, oh my God, my kid is getting introduced to different cultures at a young age, you know, that, that, so, so there's, there's a difference. If you just going from, you know, I'm going from this school, that's pretty much the same as the next school. To me, it makes less sense.
1: Yep, for sure. Uh, All right, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, NIL, how do you think the rollout goes? Um, And do you think, some players like look like the nil stuff is going to be super easy for everybody that goes to duke kentucky kansas florida texas that's going to be easy for them to make some money and and whatever but what about the sixth player at ohio u like ian and i both went to ohio u so what about the sixth player on the bobcats that like is going to make 400 bucks and that's it right like are they in for a rude awakening because this is really opening it up like you're gonna you're gonna see what you're worth like let's see I
0: see, it, see, I see it a couple ways. And again, this, this is going to rattle some feathers here. Um, I think that there should always be a percentage given to the ones that are not the power players. Because I say, I say that to say this. The superstars aren't doing it by themselves. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, i used use the last dance was a, was a big thing on TV, right? Jordan didn't do it by himself. He was very good. He was the reason for a lot of things to happen. But you had Dennis Rodman. You had Scottie Pippen, you had Kerr, you had Ron Harper, you had all these other guys that, you know, they didn't have the name that Jordan had, but they played a big part, a key key part. That's like at Duke. The sixth player at Duke, you coming in, you're still contributing. Whether I'm contributing to you getting a breather, you resting your legs, whatever the case may be, I'm contributing. So um, <laughs> a lot of people going to be mad that I said that. But, yeah, I think that there should be some type of percentage for those kids because at the end of the day, like I said, the superstar don't win alone. That's the case. So you get you're out there and play one on
1: five. So you're saying, like, let's use, like, Zion. Zion's an easy one. Um, yeah. You're saying whatever he brings in, the players on the team should get a, some sort of percentage, not just to him?
0: Yeah, I think there should be, like, some type of allocation to those kids. And I said, That's like, Zion didn't do it by himself? Yeah, what? Um, okay, um, Barrett, RJ Berry.
1: Reddish. Had, uh, Reddish yeah, yeah,
0: so... Oh what are they getting? They were yeah. just they were just as, as 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 important, just as valuable.
1: But I think now so, I think the the I think the point is that now they get to earn what is fair, right? Like it's not yeah. all on it's like yeah, like this is yeah. what I, if people are buying your well it's not the jerseys, that's not it. But like oh. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how it, I don't know. Like I don't it know is. how it would it's, work It's if wild. It Yeah, that's an interesting viewpoint on it. It's
0: crazy, but I also think, like, I also think it's dope that that people are getting funds now. Like, when you think about it, when I was at Xavier, I'll show y'all this. (laughs) Like, I had my own bobblehead at Xavier. Nice. You think I got paid for them passing these out and book bags and billboards and all those type of (laughs) things that that our team kind of had? So you know, I, I would have loved to, to, to reap some of those benefits from that hard work that I put in. So I think that's phenomenal that, that the players are getting to get some of those funds because they are putting in long hours. You know, yeah. they are. And some people, well, you're getting a full education. Blase, blase, blase. I understand that, but at the end of the day, again,
1: if you go to if you get a free education on a music scholarship, you can start a YouTube channel, and make money. That's the comparison. They still get notification but the basketball player. So, like already, the dude Bohannon on Iowa, he has his own clothing line. He has his own stuff, like JB. Great. Okay, people will buy yeah. it or they won't. I think that's the point. Like, yeah, gonna, yeah, you're gonna make it or yeah. you're not, and that's it. And then there, and then there just really can't be an issue, right? It's not the NCAA yeah. didn't do this. Just the market didn't. That's it. The market's the yeah. market. Yeah. Well, and we I
0: think we – Like I wanted shirts I had, I used to go buy special delivery and I wanted a brand that says special delivery shirts and things like that. You can't sell, you can't, you couldn't sell things and things like that. When I was a player, that was considered a violation hands down. And so I think it's great that people can create their own brands and and do those type of things Um, because that's going to, that's going to be beyond basketball. They can do that. You know, they may go into some other field, a trainer or athletic or whatever, and that brand will go with them.
2: No, hundred percent, and and I think it's it's a perfect example. When we were at Ohio, Paul was going this point. Logan Paul, who now is probably the biggest social media or YouTube star ever, he was a freshman who was making obviously plenty of money. On it. Logan Paul, the what? And, and no one's going to Ohio University because of Logan Paul, but maybe because of DJ Cooper. I, I didn't really know much about Ohio University. Um, I just had when they beat beat Georgetown when Paul was there opened my eyes to that. It was like, oh, wait! there's a great basketball program. I can go work for this team. And, and 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 it lined with a sport management program. And I think the value that some of these, outside of just that free education, you could be a great student and get a free ride on, 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 an, on an academic scholarship. You'd be a great athlete and, and do the same thing. But the value that they're providing to the school, I think hopefully now um, they're able to to, to to see the benefit of um, being able to have their own brand as, as, as well. But yeah, last thing we'll leave, yeah.
0: I was going to say great, great education. That's one that, that's brilliant to do. A great, be, you know, get to get an education. Guess what? They get to go class and go home and do whatever it is they want to do. As an athlete, you, you're not afforded those options. You no. know, you're not going to the kick it into the party and to, you know, you got a recipe ready for, for, for the games. You're on the road, you're traveling, you're missing classes, got to make up work. There's a lot of things that go into being an athlete, but I, you know, I'm all for academics, of course. If you can get an academic scholarship, that that's great. But you know, when they're comparing it, oh, you you know, the school is paying you basically to get.
2: (laughs) Well, we'll end on a lighter one, and I think it's—I don't know if it's as controversial as maybe some some questions could be, but be spending uh, all all the time in Cincinnati and Xavier. I I end on this: is it Skyline or Gold Star? Oh, skyline! Stop it. <laughs> Thank you. Easy. See, that's 100. I, yeah, I was in Cincinnati last weekend. First stop, skyline. Yes. I'm, I'm Glad not that even. was a, I'm glad that
0: question. it. Question: Never asked that again. You gotta,
1: you got a go to order. What's the go to order?
0: Oh, you gotta, you gotta get a coney.
1: yep. Yeah, okay. Three, yeah, We're aligned. Three
2: yep. Coney's. I go, I go no mustard though. I go no mustard. No, That's a wild take. I think. Oh
1: but, my god. I'm not a coney mustard guy. All, uh,
0: it is but what really it is. you taste the mustard. It's the coney. You have the chili. You got the cheese. You got
2: the onions. Like, you Onion. really don't I get past the mustard,
1: man. Uh, get a baby ball. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll try it next time I go. I'll try it next time I go. Uh, well, yeah, Coach, yeah. listen, we appreciate it. Um, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. So next time uh, you're stopping by, let me know, and, and we'll link up. And, uh, yeah, next time you're down right. in Valley durham that's where Ian is. Um, we're always in a gym somewhere, so uh, I'm sure we'll see each other. We play in
0: Columbus this year. We play in Columbus this season at um, Classic, in, uh, Classic in the City.
1: Oh, let's go. Ran
0: by, ran by T. Benson and OGBR. So we, we play in that event um, over MLK weekend.
1: Oh, perfect. I was just going to ask you to schedule out. All right, so I'll see you in uh... – We'll see you in a couple of months.
0: Well, it's scheduled not up out, but I scheduled
1: that very day. So. Good that. <laughs> All right, good. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Coach. We appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, obviously, good luck this season, and we'll talk with you soon.
0: No problem. Thank you for having
1: me, guys. Great talking to you. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots. Maybe poke on a couple. Slush Russell's up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up. I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.